Good afternoon. This is Jennifer Scheich with Ask Aces, and today we're here talking with Dr. Anna Dilger, University of Illinois Professor of Meat Science, and she's here today to talk to us about the science behind processed meats. And earlier we answered your questions on Twitter uh, using our Ask Aces hashtag, talking about the link between processed meat and cancer, uh, uncured meats, and even our health. So today we're going to spend a little more time digging into the subject, and I guess I want to start off with a fairly simple question, but one I think a lot of people do wonder about. Why exactly do we process meat? Uh, So the reasons that we process meat is to change its um, taste, uh, change its appearance, but mostly to extend its shelf life. Um, So when you think about meat and keeping meat in your refrigerator, um, it will go bad after three or four or five, seven days. Um, On the other hand, if we process meat, we can keep it around um, for sometimes as much as 30 or 60 days. And so in our history, um, we process meat um, such that we could continue to eat meat um, even when we didn't have a fresh supply. Um, Of course, today we have better ways to um, preserve our meats, but we continue to enjoy processed meats because it adds a variety of different flavors and textures um, and different ways that we can consume meat to our diet. Um, Some examples of processing um, that we would consider part of processed meat would be smoking, drying, fermenting, or curing meats would all be examples of meats which have been processed. So why are people so afraid of processed meats? You hear a lot about different elements of processed meats that people find to be perhaps dangerous to their health. And so when we think about processed meats, people are worried about the amount of sodium um, that is included or salt that's included in processed meats. Um, Maybe the fact that some processed meats are higher in fat um, than fresh meats. Um, And then also the use of nitrite in, in processed meats. And so when we think about these things, sodium, and nitrite, um, both are functional ingredients when it comes to processing meat. And so the reason that we add salt um, to processed meat is because salt extends shelf life all on its own. It it limits the growth of bacteria. Um, Salt also um, definitely changes the flavor of meat. And and a lot of us enjoy salty foods and salty foods in our diet. And of course, for some people, eating too much salt um, can increase their blood pressure. And so for a lot of people, they are trying to to reduce the amount of sodium in their diet. And the great thing about that is the meat industry has responded to people who wanted to reduce sodium in their diet, and they've now made low-sodium versions of hot dogs and deli meats such that people can continue to enjoy processed meats and also um, have a low-sodium diet. So tell me a little bit about curing meats. What exactly is curing and why do we do it? So curing is a process um, that we use to extend the shelf life of meat. Um, So when we think about cured meats, people usually think about things like ham or bacon or smoked pork chops, bologna or hot dogs. And the thing that is common about all of those cured meats is that they have a really characteristic pink color. And that pink color is because we add to cured meats um, a compound called nitrite. And that results in that color change that we see in cured meats. The other reasons that we add nitrite is because it limits the growth of clostridium and therefore extends shelf life and makes those cured meats safer for us to consume. And it also um, protects against what we call warmed over flavor. 
Um, and so if you think about enjoying an Easter ham, you probably ate that on Easter Sunday, and then maybe you warmed it up again on Monday and Tuesday, and then maybe on Thursday. And every time you warmed it up, it was just as good as the first time that you ate it. And so nitrite actually helps protect against the development of off flavors that you would expect to have if you heated and cooled meat several times. So talk to us a little bit about uncured meats. Are uncured meats healthier for us? Are they better for us? And so from time to time in the grocery store, you'll see cured meats, things that look pink, um, just like uh, normal bacon and ham, being labeled as uncured. And what that uncured designation means is that meat was actually cured with a natural source of nitrate or nitrite, as opposed to using sodium nitrite, a synthetic source. But honestly, there's no difference between conventionally cured and uncured meats. Both make use of nitrite to uh, have all of those functional properties of cured meats. They just come from two different sources. And sodium nitrite that we manufacture to use in cured meats is exactly the same as nitrite that we find in nature. And so cured meats are absolutely safe to consume, as are uncured meats. They are just two different ways to get to the same thing. Okay, as a mother, one of the foods I wanted to bring up and talk to you about today are hot dogs. Um, let's talk a little bit about you know, what exactly is in a hot dog, and is a hot dog a safe food to feed my children? Well, absolutely. I also feed uh, quite a few hot dogs to my two kids. Um, it's something that, that they enjoy, and I think um, as, as busy parents, they're, they're easy to fix. It's always nice to have those go-to foods uh, that you know kids will eat. And so hot dogs are made from pieces of meat that don't get included into our other cuts like steaks or chops or roast that you might make from um, a pig or a cow. And we have these little bit, bits of meats that are left over that are absolutely safe and nutritious to eat. And so we can make them into products like hot dogs or sausages by taking these small pieces of meat and chopping them up very finely, mixing them with water and spices and seasoning and nitrite, and then putting them into casings and cooking them, and then they turn out looking like the hot dogs that we like to eat. And so when we think about feeding hot dogs to kids. What's great about that is kids love hot dogs and sometimes it's really hard to get kids to consume enough protein because sometimes meat especially is really hard for kids to chew. But hot dogs because they're soft and springy is easy for uh, kids to eat and so it's a great source of protein if you're trying to get your kid to perhaps eat some protein and maybe not just bread all the time. The things that we worry about when it comes to serving our kids hot dogs is one, some hot dogs can be relatively high in fat. And so it's important to make sure that your kids are eating a wide variety of foods, some of which are maybe higher in fat and others that are lower in fat. And so hot dogs isn't something that I would recommend eating three meals a day. And the other thing that we worried about a little bit about hot dogs is the fact that they can be a choking hazard. If you think about the shape and size of hot dogs, it, they have, could have a tendency to, if they're not chewed well by little kids, um, get lodged in their throat. Um, and so the, the recommendation is when you feed your kids hot dogs to cut them up in little bits, just like you would any other um, circular type of food like grapes or that type of thing. Okay, now let's back that up a little bit to pregnancy. One of the things that uh, many pregnant women are told are they aren't supposed to eat deli meat. So talk to us a little bit about can pregnant women eat processed meat? 
So when we think about pregnant women and processed meat, you're absolutely right. The recommendation is that pregnant women avoid deli meats and soft cheeses, things that basically you would eat cold instead of heating them up. And so the reason for that actually has nothing to do with the fact that that deli meat has been processed with any particular ingredient. It's not the nitrite that we're worried about or even um, the sodium or any of the other ingredients. What we're actually worried about is a bacteria called listeria. And the reason that listeria is a little bit different than our other bacteria is that listeria can continue to grow at refrigeration temperatures. And so when you have something like a deli meat, like bologna or ham, or a soft cheese that you're going to consume cold, if that product was contaminated with listeria and had sat in your refrigerator for a few days, it's possible that there's enough listeria on that that can make you sick. That's true of everyone. The reason that we worry particularly about pregnant women is they are more susceptible to becoming sick with listeria. And so the nice thing is, well, two things. Number one, listeria is really rare. There's less than 2,000 cases of listeria in the U.S. every year. And so the chances, the risk is really small. But if you are going to be overly cautious and really want to eliminate any of that risk, all you have to do is take that piece of ham and heat it up in the microwave until it's steaming, and any listeria that happened to be on it, you would kill. And so I don't worry very much, honestly, about pregnant women consuming deli meats. I think the risk of listeria is very low. But myself, I heated them up in the microwave before I ate them when I was pregnant, that way to eliminate all risk. Okay, so now let's move on to one of the big questions and and one of the reasons that we wanted to to visit with you um, on Ask ACEs. You know, there's just been a lot of uh, discussion in the media about processed meat and its link to cancer. Could you talk to us a little bit about that today? Does processed meat cause cancer? Absolutely. So that has been a really um, controversial, really important topic. Um, Some of the um, headlines that maybe you saw last fall were things like bacon is just as bad as cigarettes and and we're all going to get cancer from from eating bacon. And so what that happened, where that came from, is that in October of 2015, an international agency called IARC, the International Agency for the Research of Cancer, made a designation that processed meats were a class one carcinogen. And other class one carcinogens do include cigarette smoking. So when you think about it from a classification standpoint, wow, that's really scary to think that bacon is in the same category as cigarette smoking. But what's important to remember is that it's not the job of IARC to determine the risk from consuming something or being exposed to something. They simply weigh the evidence linking a particular agent or ingredient to the presence of cancer. And so by classifying it as a class one carcinogen, what they had determined is that evidence existed that in some people, at some level of exposure, processed meat causes colon cancer. But if we want to think about that, maybe not in an absolute classification, but instead in a risk. I think that's the important way to think about this. And so the lifetime risk of colon cancer among people who do not consume consume any processed meats um, is about 5%. Then comparing that to the people who consume the most amount of processed meat, that risk goes up by about 18% to a lifetime risk of about 6%. If we compare that then to cigarette smoke, so the lifetime risk of cigarette smokers developing lung cancer 
is 1,900 times greater than the lifetime risk of people who don't smoke. And so you really can't put processed meats and cigarette smoking in the same category when it comes to overall risk of developing cancer, even though the evidence linking those to certain types of cancers may be just as strong. So are you saying eating bacon is better than smoking? I certainly would not recommend that anyone decide (laughs) to give up eating bacon and instead take up cigarette smoking. Um, When I think about it, honestly, um, bacon and other processed meats are, are things that we enjoy eating. They are parts of our diet that that bring us, um, honestly, nutrition, but also happiness. And so if we think about other class one carcinogens that are like that, um, I think about sunshine. Sunshine, UV radiation from the sun, certainly has been linked to skin cancer. But on a sunny day, I'm going to go outside and I'm going to enjoy the sunshine but I'm going to make sure that I limit my exposure to it such that I don't develop skin cancer, especially someone like me who is incredibly pale. And so it's really about understanding the risk and making decisions which are best for you and not being scared um, about what are really scary designations um, about different things being linked to cancer. Do you have any good sources to go to for more information? Because I know that there are quite a few things that we've talked about today, but uh, quite a few more questions that are still out there that people have when it comes to questions about eating meat. Where would you recommend they go? And so I think there is a lot of really great and scientifically based information about the consumption of meat. Um, And some of the practices that we use in animal science and animal production um, to produce meat for people. Um, One of actually my favorite sources um, is a series of videos which are available on YouTube called Meat Myth Crushers. In these series of interviews, different meat scientists and animal scientists from around the country are interviewed about some of the myths that people hear about meat. And so by watching those videos, um, they're usually pretty short, two or three minutes a piece. It really arms you with great information um, about some of the things that you hear. Um, and especially among people um, who produce meat or produce animals um, that then are, are consumed as meat, sometimes I think it's really important to arm ourselves with the facts. Um, that way, when we're talking to people who are scared about what they're eating, we can reassure them that the meat and other foods that they are eating are absolutely safe and that there is no reason for them to be scared about it. There's actually no food that I think you should never eat. Um, My kids in their preschool classes were talked a lot about always foods and sometimes foods, but honestly, there are no never foods. Every food that's out there can be incorporated as part of a healthy diet. And I think it's important to reassure people that the food that they're consuming is safe and they should continue to enjoy it. Great, Dr. Dilger. We so appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to to visit with us about processed meats and to help us understand the science better. Um, Thank you so much for joining us today for our Ask ACES podcast.